0: if you're not appreciating all the other members of the body of Christ, you're not fully expressing Christ. This is the Bible Speaks to You podcast, episode 105. Today, we're answering the question, why isn't there unity in the body of Christ? You're listening to The Bible Speaks to You podcast. I'm James Early, your host, and this is the place to be to rediscover the original Christianity of Jesus. Each week, we talk about how Jesus wanted us to think and act and pray and live our daily lives. And we dig down into the mindset of Jesus to discover how we can think and act like He did. The goal is to experience more of Jesus' promise that the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Hey there, and welcome again to the Bible Speaks to You podcast. I'm so grateful you've tuned in to listen today. This week's episode is about unity in the body of Christ. And why there so often is not unity in the body of Christ. Have you ever wondered why there are so many different Christian denominations? I was doing a little research for this episode and I found estimates all the way from about 1,200 different Christian denominations up to about 40,000 different denominations there were different definitions about what constitutes a Christian denomination. And obviously, not everyone agrees even on how to count how many denominations there are. But if we all believe in Jesus, why can't we agree on everything else? Sometimes I wonder how two people or two churches or two theologies can look at the exact same scripture and come away with completely opposite interpretations. And then add to those two opposite perspectives, all the hundreds of different ways to look at things in between those two views, it seems sometimes Christianity has splintered into all these different warring camps, and many of them claiming that they are the only true believers. How does this happen? Well, if you want to know how it happened, you can study church history, and we can learn a lot from that process. I think an equally important question to ask is, why does this happen? Why does it still happen? There are lots of reasons, and there's no way for me to cover everything, but one of the main ones is the conscious or unconscious mingling of the original teachings of Christ with the ways of the world, or trying to explain or make sense of things and coming up with man-made, man-contrived doctrines to explain things. The more I've thought about it, the more I think it's really a function of human nature. The human mind believes what it sees, but it also sees what it believes. There's so much talk about who is right and who is wrong when it comes to explaining what the Bible means and what it means to be a true Christian. I think we really need to revisit this whole topic. Now, I've talked about some of these ideas before in different episodes of the Bible Speaks to You podcast, and I've used some of the analogies I'm going to repeat this week. Imagine that you and I are sitting across from each other at the table. With the salt and pepper shakers in the middle. To you, the salt is on the right and the pepper is on the left, but to me, the pepper is on the right and the salt is on the left. Now, we could playfully argue with each other about whether the salt is on the right or the left, but we would understand it's actually a matter of perspective that determines what we see. But now, imagine that the salt and pepper represent a theological issue that we disagree on, but we don't realize we're looking at it from different perspectives. The argument is no longer in jest. It can become heated and judgmental. I don't know if you've ever had those kind of theological discussions, but they're no fun. Both sides think they are right and won't budge an inch. I've certainly been in those kind of discussions. Neither side realizes that the other person is looking from a different viewpoint and sees something different and therefore believes something different. One time I had a conversation with someone who used the exact same Bible verses to prove his point that I used to disprove it. That was a real eye-opener for me we were obviously sitting on opposite sides of the theological table. So let's talk about how and why Christians disagree on important biblical teachings. There are two basic reasons we've just talked about the difference perspective can make, but the filter or lens we look through also changes what we see and believe. You've probably heard the joke about the lady who looked out her kitchen window and noticed that her neighbor was hanging up dirty laundry to dry on the clothesline. This went on for several days, and the lady got pretty judgmental of her neighbor until one day her husband cleaned her kitchen windows. Miraculously, the neighbor's wash was clean that day when she hung it up to dry. The dirt was not on the laundry, but on her own window how often do we look at the Bible, God, others, and ourselves through muddy windows? This is what I mean by the lens or the filter that we're looking at things through. Here's an example. If you grew up in a church that preached God was wrathful and merciless with the tiniest sin and was ready to punish you any and every minute, and there are some churches that do that to some degree, that view of God will color the way you interpret the rest of the Bible and even the description of God as love in 1 John. Or if you believe God is not always willing or able to help you when you need it, that will change how you see what the Bible says. The challenge here is to realize we have this problem, that we are looking through a filter or through a lens, and that Our vision is distorted. And then the challenge becomes to wash away all the cultural, sociological, and religious dirt from the way we look at ourselves, the world, and especially the way we read the Bible. It's not always easy to realize there is dirt on our mental windows, and we usually think something or someone else is the problem. We just see what we see and we believe what we see then we end up seeing what we believe sometimes we still believe it even after the dirt is washed off all our fears our limiting beliefs what we've been taught what life has dished out to us good or bad affect the way we interpret the bible we look at the bible through the filter or lens of our own thinking our own culture opinions history etc but we don't realize that's what we're doing. This is why the baptism of the Holy Spirit is so vital. It washes away the mental dirt that we don't even realize is there. The other main reason that I've already mentioned that we disagree on what the Bible says is that we're looking at it as a whole and even specific verses or stories from different perspectives. Here's another metaphor that might help explain this a little better. Let's say you have six iPhones and strap them to your body one on your head, one on the shoulders, one at your waist, one on a knee, one on a foot, and one on your back. If you turn on the video camera on each phone and walk down the street, what happens? Even though your body is doing one thing, there's only one event taking place. Each video from the six cameras will show something different, especially the one facing backwards. If you come to a cat, in the video taken from the camera on your foot, it will look like a monster. But in the others, it won't be so intimidating. If you go up to a waist-high wall, the cameras on the feet and the knees won't see anything but the wall. The video taken at waist level may just be able to see something over the top, The videos from the shoulder and head will see a wider and more expansive view, and the one from your back won't even see the wall. And yet, your body is in the exact same place. This reminds me of something Paul says in his letters to the Christians in Rome and Corinth, and I recommend you read these two chapters, Romans 12 and 1 Corinthians 12. Paul addresses the simple fact that everyone in the church has a different place and function. He metaphorically describes the church as the body of Christ. Just as each part of the human body has a different place and function that coordinates and contributes to the whole, so in the body of Christ, all believers have a unique place and function that no one else can fill, different gifts, talents, and abilities. Paul encourages all of us to work together in harmony and appreciate how all the different parts and gifts work together as a whole. Just as a cat may appear as a monster at foot level, so a challenge may appear to some in the body of Christ as a terrible demon that's about to devour everything that's good. But to others, the same problem is just an opportunity to express love. Just as the feet and knee videos can't see over a high wall, some members in the body of Christ may say, well, we're just not meant to understand these things. Similar to the videos taken at shoulder and head height which show what's beyond the wall, other Christians may have a more expansive sense of what's going on. And as the video from the back doesn't even see the wall, Some Christians just don't see something as an issue, or they're not even aware of the situation. Perhaps some of our theological differences are not so much in disagreement with each other as they are differences of perspective in looking at the same thing. Which of those six videos is correct? Whose theology is correct? We usually think someone else's theology is correct if they agree with us. I used to get all up in arms when I found someone I disagreed with theologically. I was a nitpicker. I knew the salt was on the right and the pepper on the left. End of story. No discussion necessary. Well, except to try to prove I was right and someone else was wrong. Funny thing was, that never went too well. But as I have matured in Christ, I have come to love all members of the body of believers, even if I radically disagree with some of their theology. I can still appreciate that they are part of the whole, and I am grateful for them. Maybe you're in a church that is the very right hand of the body of Christ. That doesn't mean everyone else has to be just like you. But isn't that how many Christians think They know they are sincere Christians and falsely assume everyone must be just like them in order to be Christian. They have defined Christian as being the right hand. They even have their suspicions about Christians in the left hand of the body of Christ and sort of say to themselves, they have everything backwards. And too bad for the Christians in the left foot of the body of Christ The right-hand Christians think they have to convert the left-foot Christians to be just like them. But the body of Christ is not and cannot be a giant right hand or a giant left foot. There are many members or parts, and each has a unique place, perspective, and function. Each has something different to offer to the whole that no one else can. Paul really explores this analogy of the body of Christ in 1 Corinthians 12. I'm going to read verses 17 through 19. If the whole body were an eye, where would be the hearing? If the whole were hearing, where would be the smelling? But now God sets the members, each one of them, in the body just as he pleased. And if they were all one member, where would the body be? If everyone is in the right hand of the body of Christ, there's just a giant hand and there's no body. A hand all by itself can't do what the body as a whole can do. What if all those who believe in Christ could appreciate everyone else who believes in Christ? We need to appreciate what everyone else is bringing to the table instead of arguing over whether the hand or the foot, the knee or the elbow is right, we need to rejoice in the wholeness and unity of our faith in Christ. Paul asks this question in 1 Corinthians 1 verse 13. Is Christ divided? We could say, is the body of Christ divided? How would the world respond to Christ? If it felt the unity among the members of Christ's body instead of all the bickering that sometimes goes on today, the perception that the body of Christ is divided comes when we look at things from our perspective on the body of Christ. Your physical body does not have eyes on its shoulders, waist, knees, feet, and back. The eyes are in the head. So it is with the body of Christ. Paul tells us. Ephesians 5:23 says Christ is the head of the church the body we have to give up the assumption that the perspective from our place in the body of Christ is somehow more valid than what Christ sees we need to subordinate our views to what Christ sees this is why paul could say in humility for we know in part and we prophesy in part but when that which is perfect is come, then that which is in part shall be done away. That's first Corinthians thirteen nine and ten. In other words, we only see part of the picture from our own place in the body of Christ, but when we let Christ show us what he sees, we'll see the whole picture, and our partial view will disappear. Let's come back and answer Paul's question Is Christ divided? I have slowly come to realize that the true body of Christ is not divided, even though it seems like on the surface if you look at what's going on in the Christian world today. We're not a bunch of body parts flopping all over the place. We cannot operate as separate parts or without all parts combined in the whole. And even if you think you're separate from all the other members of the body of Christ you disagree with, Guess what? God is still using them for his bigger purpose. You and your church by yourself cannot fulfill the whole mission of Christ. God is using every member of the body of Christ for his purposes. The unity of the body of Christ already exists. We don't have to make it happen. We just need to notice it and appreciate it. But we can't see it when we're looking at things from our perspective or through the lens and filters of our opinions and preconceptions. Even if you heartily disagree with a fellow Christian's theology, I invite you to appreciate their place, function, and purpose in the body of Christ. Maybe you feel they're not even Christian, but you cannot see their heart the way Christ does. The next time you have the opportunity to talk to someone you disagree with theologically, take the time to actually understand where they're coming from and why they believe what they believe instead of trying to prove they're wrong or just dismissing them as heretics. Okay, they may have a little mud on their lens that keeps them from seeing clearly, but there may be dirt on your lens as well. You just don't see it. I guarantee you will learn more from this conversation than you could ever imagine. If you are the right hand of the body of Christ, whether you like it or not, you need the left foot, the right foot, the knees, the elbows to function completely and fully as a Christian, as a member of Christ's body. If you're not appreciating all the other members of the body of Christ, you're not fully expressing Christ and if you're the left foot don't let the right hand convince you or intimidate you that you should be exactly like them each member of the body of Christ is equally important this is what paul says in romans chapter 12 verses 4 and 5 and it really sums up everything we've been talking about just as our bodies have many parts and each part has a special function so it is with christ's body We are many parts of one body, and we all belong to each other. Don't you just love that? We all belong to each other. We may not agree on whether the salt is on the right or the left, but we can agree that the salt and the pepper are together. We may not agree on every detail of doctrine or on some very significant theological issues but everyone who believes and confesses that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, the Messiah, I will cherish as a member of the body of Christ. I hope you'll join me. I'm going to ask this question again. What would happen in the world if all of us who believe in Jesus, all who consider themselves to be Christians, would embrace this sense of love and honor for all others who believe in jesus i think the world would change overnight it would be a completely different place and Jesus' prophecy would be fulfilled from john 10:16 there shall be one fold and one shepherd the solution to the divisiveness in the christian church today is not complex but it's not easy it requires incredible humility Do you really want unity in the body of Christ if it means letting each member of the body of Christ be themselves? Or do you still want everyone to be just like you? We have to let go of our personal perspectives and opinions and see things from Christ's perspective. And we have to let the Holy Spirit wash our mental and spiritual kitchen windows that we don't even realize are dirty. When we do this, we'll be able to say with Paul, This is from Galatians 3.28. There is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither bond nor free. There is neither male nor female. And we could add, neither Protestant or Catholic, fundamentalist, evangelical, or liberal. For we are all one in Christ Jesus. Thank you so much for listening today. I appreciate you being here. If you know someone who would appreciate this message, please share it with them. And if this is your first time listening to the Bible Speaks to You podcast, a special welcome. I encourage you to subscribe. Go to the website, thebiblespeakstoyou.com, and just click on the subscribe tab on the menu bar. Fill out your name and email, and you're all set. And if you have any questions or comments about today's episode, I would love to hear from you. Go to the website and just click on the contact tab there in the menu bar, and I'll be in touch. I really look forward to hearing from you. As always, in the show notes for today's episode, I'll have all the Bible verses listed that I quoted. And you may have noticed recently, I've been basically transcribing the podcast so you can either read it or listen to it. It's not exactly word for word, but it's pretty close. And you can find today's episode show notes at thebiblespeakstoyou.com forward slash 105. This is episode 105. I get asked sometimes, Hey James, I love the Bible Speaks to You podcast. How can I be supportive of what you're doing? Well, the best way to be supportive is to take the ideas that you hear and put them into practice in your own life. Engage with them. Another way to be supportive is to share the podcast with someone or you can make a contribution to help cover the monthly and weekly production costs of the podcast. If you're so inclined, go to the website, thebiblespeakstoyou.com, all the way at the bottom in the footer, you'll see a PayPal donate button. I want to thank you for all the many ways that you support this podcast. I deeply, deeply appreciate it. Well, that's pretty much it for this week. Thank you again for listening. I'm James Early with the Bible Speaks to You podcast. Have a great week. Take care. We'll see you next time. God bless.